0: You're listening right, to everyone. How Real Estate Works, you can your one-stop shop for all things real estate. Whether, Whether you're looking to learn about real estate or investing, or buying your first or house, really growing as a, a real estate agent, and all things financial freedom me, related, we got you covered. With co-hosts, Jesse Johnson, and, and Matt Talon, me at Matt.talent at compass.com. All right, everyone. Welcome to the How Real Estate Works podcast, episode eight. I'm your host, Matt Talent, and my co-host is Jesse Johnson. Uh, today we have a local Philadelphia agent, investor, and developer on Rodney Ross, the real estate boss.
1: Welcome to the show, Rodney. Thank you. <laughs> is that know.
2: self-proclaimed real estate boss? Or did, did someone know, give you that name?
1: It's funny. I just uh, I just remember this literally a couple minutes ago, just now 10 years or I don't know, however many years ago, when I was like a sophomore in high school, my brother. He he was the boss, and uh, I I took the I'm two years younger than him, so like every I, I when he graduated, I took uh, took over his nickname. It was called Boss Junior. So that's where it uh, all started. I feel like I, I only really have started uh, coining the real estate boss probably like the past I don't know three four years. It's, it was someone in my office
2: who came up with the name. Yeah, we were joking around one day. I like it though. It, it, you yeah. definitely you definitely personify the boss. Thank you. The the Bruce Springsteen of real estate. I'd like (laughs) to think so. I know I'm that good. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I knew you when is, I just want to go on the record of saying I knew you when, like, I think I knew you (laughs) like week,
1: week two of real estate two. That was, (laughs) that was was, in 2020. That was almost exactly 10, years ago. Yeah. Was it really? Uh, Am I that old? That classic (laughs) contra hawking for Matt, I don't know if you know this, Jesse and I met with, uh, you know, with Mike partner, who I, I haven't caught up with for a while, but like we took, we took this, um, Keller Williams coaching class. I'm sure you guys, you're familiar with it. Bold. Yeah. Um, and that was the first of, I probably done it like eight times since, but we were all in a group together. There's like 60 people there. There's like eight groups and we, we, and you, and it's once a week for eight weeks and you do all these chants and everything every morning. And we had this crazy chant, but yeah, Jesse was there at the very beginning when I was so bad all I remember from that group is how bad I was with the expired script. Oh, that was great. Uh, I scripted with Mike and he, and there was some, the first couple of times he was like, that was really bad. Like you gotta, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you gotta do it again. Like just yeah. read the thing. Yeah. Anyway, it's.
2: I can't believe it's been that long. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's but crazy. Uh, what I love about it is, uh, if I remember correctly, you were the boss of that of that team. Like you, we no one wanted to be in charge, so you basically stepped up and were in charge.
1: Right? Yeah, I, I remember because I, I mean, after she explained like why, I feel like I get, you know, like it would get more experience because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And I'm like, yeah. if I get to like have one-on-one conversations with everyone in the group, like maybe I'd figure out something. through
2: That was a solid group, out. by the way. If if we go back and we analyze who was in that room. Yeah, there's some serious players in that room, Oh yeah, that's uh, including, inclu- including yeah. you and me, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, yeah, we're reconnecting. Yeah, for sure. So talk to me about uh, how you got started in real estate, because I, I think you got into to real. So my, my, remem- my memory tells me that you were already like, in- interested in investing before getting your real estate license. Is that true?
1: Yeah. So like it was probably about like five or six months before we took that whole class. I had read, um, I was, I was, you know, in school direct. So I think that was near the end of my second year. I was doing engineering, but I, um, I didn't really know it. All I knew was I was like good at math. And that's why I started with engineering. So I moved in this house that summer with a bunch of roommates. It was like a seven bedroom house. And one of my best friends still today, uh, his name's Matt. He, um, he basically gave me this book called Rich Dad Poor Dad, which I'm sure you guys are familiar with. So that was literally like, I couldn't even, That changed my whole, I mean, it's kind of cliche to say life changing, but like that was just a a switch getting flipped on. I I think I sat and it took me like five hours and I read the entire book in one sitting and I was like, oh my God, like I don't have to get a job. And like, I think (laughs) I didn't, I'm entrepreneurial by heart, which or by nature, which I know now, but back then I think I was still trying to just like figure out, like, I don't know what I want to do. Like, I'm just trying to get a degree and figure it out afterwards, but that was the light switch. I'm like, all right, real estate, this is it. So um, I just, I decided right then Matt was with Kelly. Williams, so that's okay. how I, that's how okay. it got looped up.
2: Excellent. So um, I'm going a lot off script today, Matt. I hope that's okay. Cause Matt, nah, is, no worries. Yeah. So um, what's interesting is if I, I, in meeting you the first time I, the, the, in, I thought, you, I thought investor first, I thought, you know, this guy, Rodney's an investor first, real estate agent, You know third you know, like, so I really, yeah. just really an investor first, you know, um, and you know, how, how, talk, talk to me about the advancement. I mean, I've seen your real estate sales career grow, but what, how, are you an investor first or are you a real estate agent first? What, what I'm definitely
1: an investor first.
2: Okay. Like, and especially now, like the
1: only we re- the main reason I got me real estate license, like before the first real estate thing i had ever done was it was, it was even, I think it was like six or seven months before, um, that the bold class because I was still nineteen. That's all I remember. But I, nineteen? Are you kidding me? I bought a house. Dang. Like I read that book and then I went and, and then two months later I actually like bought a house in Southwest Philly. When I you lost nineteen. At nineteen? Yeah, I was nineteen. It was my twentieth birthday. I was just wow. like, I I'm a, like ready. What do you what do you call it? like ready? Ready go, firing? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Ready firing. It definitely yeah. didn't work out right and like all these crazy wow. things happened. Like I bought the house. The Section Eight payments got stopped. Couple months later, that my tenant died in the house. It was the craziest shit ever. I didn't know how to like. In mind, you like, I didn't know how to. I don't know what to do. So I lost all that money, and then that's when I decided. I'm like, I got to take a step back because, like, I I I'm gonna. It's too much risk. I don't have money to invest with. So that's when I was like, all right, I'm gonna get my real estate license, like my buddy Matt has, and then I'm gonna like work with other people and learn from their mistakes and all that, and hopefully make some sales. Um, So but for the most part i mean even this whole time i've been i think of myself and as investor first i have to sell houses because i need income to you know pay salaries and live but it's you know what's interesting
2: interesting is you know matt uh, we've had uh, we've had a lot of investors on the show and they always go back to that first deal and this is the first time we're hearing like yeah, so someone died in the house. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like the, everybody everybody else show. is like, I'm so glad I bought that first one. I probably wouldn't do it exactly yeah. the same way again. He's like, yeah, nah, no, man. No, no don't. When that's, I was nineteen, someone died in my house. Like, how how do you handle that at nine at nineteen? That is insane. The
1: guy like he got over on me. Like, I it was so bad that I gave him the house back. I deeded him the house back and he only gave me a thousand dollars back. Wow. I took over his mortgage and gave him like 10 grand to buy it. And then I w- went there a couple of times with my uncle trying to like fix stuff up and it never got off the ground. I'm like, I can't even take this yeah. anymore here. Just yeah. give me a
2: thousand bucks. Like get me out of here. So um, would you say that you used failure as an opportunity to learn? It, I mean, <laughs> partly yes.
1: Like I'm glad I only lost, you know, it's been, I I thought $10,000 back then was all the money I had saved up in life from like my drugstore co-op job, but I've worked, I've seen so many people lose like dozens, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars on bad investments. I just talked to someone not that long ago that lost like several hundred grand. I'm like, wow, like in the big scheme of things, it's bad. It's small, but it also, I think stopped me from really making another move for another like four years it was four years Mm -hmm. later until I was able to like put something else together because I was pretty scarred from that. Yeah. I I can only imagine. (laughs) So Rodney,
0: like, I think there's a benefit to being both an agent and an investor, um, like agent during the day and investor at night. So I think being an investor helps your agent career. And then being an agent brings you opportunities as an investor. Um, can you kind of speak to some of those and how that's helped you in both your investing and real estate career?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think right now, like, I feel like, you know, it's, I mean, it's been 10 years on this. I really have like, I can see the matrix now. And I think, and what I mean by that, like I was telling Jesse before, before we got on the call, like we just met with um, uh, my partner, Steph and I just met with a, an investor who's building like a 18 unit building in the city, and he's got some other listings and all that. And we were able to like have, we just had a like a really high level conversation and like we're probably, I mean, we're getting the listings, which is really exciting. Like I, aside awesome. from my project, I haven't gotten a big project like that ever. So, um, but there's so much overlap, like all the conversations I have as an agent, you know what I mean? Like there's so much yeah. overlap between the both and, and over the past, you know, three years, all the places that I bought and rehabbed, now I can like really, really advise someone like really well, even down to like the layout, how you should be submitting your permits, like who you need to be talking to, which lenders you should need. And because it's from experience like um, and so they were asking us all sorts of questions like, hey, who do we talk to to get our two million dollar loan financing? I'm like, uh, you can mm-hmm. talk to these, this guy, that guy or that guy. How should we lay out you know, the basement? Do we need to put out do we need to put basement units in there? And it's like, yes, because it's going to cost you this much. and You're going to get this much from it. If I wasn't doing both, I don't think I'd be able to,
2: I think it would take a a, a, lo- a longer time to really like get a grasp of it. So, yeah. um, so Matt, I have to interrupt here because uh, do you remember the rant I had the other day? Yeah. Yeah. So I was ranting about how real estate agents are posting that they're selling homes in one day and how that's Which I never, I never do. No, <laughs> how, that's, how that's the dumbest thing you can do because what you just said is why it's dumb because there's zero value in selling a house in one day. There's a ton of value in saying, hey, you should be putting basement units in here and this is why, right? Like, so yeah. what's your value proposition? If it's selling a house in one day, fantastic. If, if this was 2009, you were the greatest agent in the history of all agents. But in 2020, how you bring in value and why am I paying you is, is what the marketplace is gonna be asking us for. So I love that. You? I love, and that comes with experience. I can't believe it's been 10 years, man. It's crazy. 10 years, I'm 30 now. <laughs> 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 wow you're you're so uh mature wow oh, man. <laughs> wow holy Getting cow up there. <laughs> matt am... what are you matt are you uh 30 yet no i'm 27 uh, exa- this is good yeah. I, i'm just and, I, and
0: how old are you jesse
2: i don't know but i, I did 33? watch I, I did watch the karate kid today so i feel like i'm nice. the best i'm the best around just <laughs> yeah 43 and owning it Yeah. What do they call it? The glow up? I'm definitely, definitely glowing up right now. Oh yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, and uh, so I was
0: uh, stalking your Instagram a little bit. I saw that you do a lot of different types of investing you've done. It looks like flipping, um, buy and hold real estate, all types development. So which one do you like the best out of flipping development and buy and hold? I know they're all different animals, but
1: yeah. Um, I'm a mainly buy and hold type of guy. Like the only reason we've sold, aside from the OSH project, we I think we've probably bought like 17 or 18 places in the past three years, and we've mm-hmm. sold five or six of them just because. Like every the only reason I sell things is because we run out of money. Literally, yeah. It, every single sale has been like, oh my god, like <laughs> you know, we have, we will have two, three or four rehabs going on, and I'm like, oh shoot, like this interest is really catching up to us. We're paying all this money in hard money interest. The rehabs going over budget. Like I need like 70 grand right now or 60 grand or whatever. And like, all right, we got to list something off it. So like, I'm a, I'm a, I like long-term buy and hold because you don't get taxed super heavily. It's not capital gains. And like, yeah I'm in this for the long run. So I don't need, I take, I'll take 200 bucks a month over like $30,000 right now or whatever. You know what I mean? Anyway, yeah. Right. Yeah. It anyway. seems like over,
0: like as the longer you hold stuff, the more benefits you see from that property. Like you can start taking out lines of credit and appreciation, additional benefits like that.
1: Yeah, we haven't done a ton of that yet. We're refinancing like three or four places right now because the rates have been obviously so low. But, yeah. Um, I mean, the, uh, you know, the depreciation and 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 all that. I mean, it adds up. Like, I just I've been submitting our tax returns for a couple different loans recently. I'm just looking at them like, hey, it's cool because like, yeah, I make all these commissions and I don't want to get taxed on all that. So yeah. Um, yeah, I it's the biggest it. expense. Yeah, and I know I'll wake up in twenty years and like thank myself. Yeah, exactly.
0: It's, it's a headache,
1: though. I mean, don't get me wrong; it is a and mind you, like I'm I'm a licensed contractor now, so like we manage all of our rehabs ourselves. So it's calling every morning is like you just checking in with like plumbers are the biggest offenders. Like they'll like we just had a guy literally just disappear for like three weeks, and he can He literally texted me yesterday. He's like. Hey, like, it's something along the lines of, like, I'm alive, like, we're back on the job today. I'm like... What? Did he go to AC? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> it's usually what know. happens. <laughs> but, it, so it's it's a headache. It definitely is a headache, but uh, I think, you know, I'm just trying to think long-term, like, make a little bit now and hopefully have a lot of equity later.
2: You're bossing yeah. this thing through. Come on, Rodney Ross. Yeah, little by little. Boss it through. <laughs> Boss it through, man. Um... So I want to talk about the Osage project, uh, um, because like, man, you, you rebuilt the build, the move site. That's, that is, uh, that's amazing. And uh, honestly, I I want your reaction. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna ask you one question. How did, how did the Osage site go? I mean, overall it, 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 but aside from the
1: challenges and all that, like you know, there's some partnership challenges and all that, just generally because it's like being married to somebody.
2: But so give mm-hmm. so give me the short answer, and then we can talk about the whole answer. Okay, what's so the short the answer? The answer is thumbs up. All right, it went Excellent. great. Good. It, it took a little long, but it went great. I love it. Like, what did and, you learn? Oh ah, God, I learned a
1: ton. I mean, the what one of the biggest things I learned, I think, was that project. In a, in a lot of ways, it's easier than rehabbing a house or a triplex. I, I, I'll say a triplex particularly because triplex and sprinkler systems and stuff in the city is like, the permitting is just real whack and you and it's just frustrating. So like, when you, like, I, like, there's a, a couple things come to mind. First on this point, like, having that much volume means you have guys, you can work with the same person for like a year or two, and they actually take your phone call because you know, like, like our framer was paid like probably like $700,000 over the course of the past. It's so much easier to work with someone when you, when they know they have more work coming in.
2: So I'm sure yeah. you guys see the same thing with like the larger developments. That Abs- uh, I was absolutely in agreement with you on that. You know, I, yeah. I, I am not as, as experienced in the investing side as you are, but I see it from the how group and um, we are incredibly successful at building 50 unit buildings. We right. are terrible at flipping one house. It's I mean, we—it's yeah. hard. And honestly, where's the competition? If I want to become an investor today, I'm going to go buy a fifty thousand dollars house and I'm going to put thirty grand into it. I'm going to try to make 120, 150, right? Yeah. How many people want to do that? Every person I talk to wants to do that. Everybody. So, so where's the competition? Go buy the half a million dollar house and turn it into an eight hundred thousand dollar house. There's probably a lot more room to work there. But this is about you, and I'm I'm interested. I'm, I'm I'm just. Fascinated. When I, 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 anytime I talk to people about you, I was like, "This guy did the move site." I have. There's nothing else to say. Like uh, to me, like it takes guts. It takes vision. Um, I want to talk about like what did you see in in that project that made you want to take it down? And uh, you know, so yeah, I mean, it's got to be more than numbers, right? It's. There's, oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's a lot more than that. The thing. The the crazy thing about that was like just
1: how the partnership came together. I think. It took me a long time, like, up to 2017 to even, like, fully grasp that, like, i had been trying to, like, build my, not- so from, like, I left uh, Keller Williams for a little bit in 2013 to 14 and went with a development company, Streamline, right? Yep. Hung my license there. I was doing the same thing, selling houses, but, like, it's just, it, was, it was just, a con- I was sitting in the middle of a construction office trying to listen and figure, and just learn everything. So, like, it took me s- until 16 or 17 to finally start to get a grasp of, like, I know enough. And have enough know-how to like, for to be worthwhile partnering with, and so like that happened both with my partnership with Steph Stephanie and um, the my partners on uh, Jim and Anthony with the Osage project. So like that was the eye opener for me. I'm like, I can really like, you know, I knew one, of, I knew Jim and I knew Anthony separately, and I'm like, I'm like, I was like, wait a minute, I think like. It, 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 that partnership started with another opportunity we had found we were going to build nine um nine houses on another lot in west philly didn't work out right but like i i it, it just kind of clicked i'm like all right this guy has the opportunity like this guy has the money and i have a lot of know-how and, we, and i can just put us all together in a room and a partnership can evolve out of it so that's how that partnership started so like that was a that was a big leap for me because like i had all sorts of like limiting beliefs about like why would somebody want to partner with me like am I the guy who can really be doing these big developments like all these other people so um, it was just that was a big thing and obviously the moot you know when we- the, mo- the the moot that development it was it just came in an email one day from the the, the city's email list and it was kind of like surreal because we just saw in an email it's like 6200 OC and I'm like wait a minute like what and yeah <laughs> And they just did one group showing, and like it, 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 the timing just happened to work out. That like it was a month or two after our other development had gotten shot down, which we were trying to work on for like a year. So we were still mentally in it. And we're like, all right, well, let's just go look at the site. Yeah. And they had they opened up four of the worst houses, um, you know. And they had one, and some they're all mold infested and all that. And and I think the crazy thing about that is that like. N- first of all, there's like more than 50 groups of people there, right? Guess how many bids there were for the project? I'm going to guess less Man, than, no. less than five. There was one other bid other than that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and guess what we bid for the properties? Too much. we bid $1. <laughs> we bought the whole block for $36. Cause we had to do $1 a unit. No like,
0: way. Is, how does, how does that work? So it's, it was.
2: Whoa. Right? Right. I was like, "It's that just, might be the I real estate was, reverb of the week, by the way, which <laughs> we stopped doing. Uh, Cause I can't make the reverb with my new microphone. Uh Anyway, we'll have to cut that part out, but I'm telling you. <laughs> so can you say that again? How we much did it cost you? The whole block we bought for $36. The whole entire block. Uh, do- you can,
1: you couldn't get the keys made for $36. Literally. And <laughs> that's and insane. Week, like it, and, and it, it just, it goes to show like, nobody took the t- there was a huge stigma against the houses like
2: oh they're badly
1: built they're falling down that's all i heard from like like 50 different people you don't want to buy that block those houses are falling down and and if they're falling down there's problems with the foundations like you're gonna end up spending a ton of money and you're not gonna get the value because like people thought they would only sell for like $180,000, right mm-hmm. But nobody took the time to just like make a bid and do the due diligence and pay an engineering group, however the hell much it was, to like go through every unit. And we found out that of all the things that was done wrong with the places, the foundations were literally like perfect. Like two, like double wide, 12 by 12, cinder block properly built. Once we got them out, they were like beautiful. I have like 800 pictures of all the houses, just in case anyone ever tries to come say, like,
2: you know, there's foundational problems, there's not, so so so. That's a really interesting point that you just made because um, it doesn't matter what other people think. You have to find out for yourself. And it's amazing how much you ever have that person uh, in a real estate office. This is a personal story. I I had somebody walk by my office one day, and this was back when I was calling expired, probably 2008, 2009. And she said, you don't want to be known as that guy that sells all those houses for less than what they're worth. And I was like, what? And for a week until my coach could talk to until Michael Land could talk to me again. That was in my head. Like, you don't want to be known for as that guy who undersells his properties. Mm. Michael Ann slapped me in the face from a hundred miles away and said, Dummy, like you want to be known as the guy who sells the houses. Mm. <laughs> right. So, like in, the, in your case, it was like you 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 everybody else in the world was stopped by the fact that there was a stigma. And the stigma yeah. wasn't actually true. It's amazing how just a few words will mess up really smart people. Yeah.
1: And and trust me, like we, you know, between us, we had like some financial wherewithal, but we were nowhere near, like there's people who probably could have bought and developed that project entirely, cash, no loans, no nothing. Like that was not us. So yeah. we weren't the most financially like whatever. We they just it wasn't about the price for the city. It was about finding the right developer who could like properly relate to the people in the community so that was part of why we got and it was a long it was 13
2: months from the time we submitted a bid until we actually closed on it so it doesn't it didn't okay. happen overnight but that project that's, that project you know i have to i'll commend you on that it took, it took the guts it sounds like you clearly had the vision and you and you went and did it yeah. so congratulations sorry Matt, i interrupted you no
0: no and that's a that's a monster project and you were saying you got your General contracting license. So, did you manage that, or did you hire a development like company to GC it?
1: Sure. So for so I have my general contracting license now, but my partner also has a general contract, contracting license in that okay. side of the project. That being said, we have we hired a superintendent, and yeah, we manage nice. we, we manage everything ourselves. But it's it's so much easier having like a guy on site all the time. It makes it, yeah
0: it makes it a lot easier. Sure. And so, when you when you like put in those $1 bids, where you like, oh, like, we probably won't get this? Yeah. And, and so when you got it,
1: and you like, oh, crap, like, we have to put this together now? I started to get the feeling like, a, I think maybe like a month and a half or two went by, and then like, they emailed us back, and I was like, oh, shoot, and, and like, yeah, they asked for some details, some financial stuff, some other projects, that whatever, and then I was like, okay, and then they're like, all right, can you come in and sit down and meet with, Head, the director of the RDA, I was like, oh, I guess, like, are we really in that? I didn't know how many other bids there were. Yeah. Are we actually running <laughs> here? And then we started, you know, so we started, I think it was like four months until we got the feeling. I was like, oh, my God, we're actually like, they want us to do it. So, but, but we, were in, we were, you know, we were prepared. And, yes, we did start lining up the, the finances, and we brought another partner who put in a bunch of equity and got a portion of the, of the, uh, the project, and it worked out nice and did you build that in phases like you would build
0: some sell them off and then start some more
1: yeah i mean it was basically uh, it was half and half so there was two blocks it was sage and pine we started with there was 19 on one and 17 on another so like we started with the 19 uh and just did five at it we did all the you know roofs and ceiling everything um uh, for the first half and we just knocked them out four or five at a time nice. and it worked nice. really well because we just had a good like and we, you know, we're just pre-selling everything, just matching the pace of sales, kind of. It really worked out well. I mean, it couldn't have gone much better. Nice. So, I'm really grateful for it, man. It's, like, it's led to a lot of other things, too, and, like, relationships with, like, private lenders who I definitely, you know, wouldn't have had a, one of the private lenders we use. Like, I've he's lent on a bunch of other projects, and and that... Like in tights it counts it means a lot because like I've had stuff under contract that there was like about almost two years ago we were buying- a couple, we were buying like two triplexes in a house, whatever, like throwing this whole trying to do this whole crazy loan buying several like I don't know if you guys have ever heard of a lender that's going to lend one one hard money loan, let's call it, on three different properties that are not closing at the same time.
2: It's like so, it's like no, that, that's, that's called that's called your parent or like your, your yeah jungle. yeah yeah. And by the way, at at less than eight percent interest, like ah, nobody's that's doing that. Awesome. So when we when we hang up on this, you're gonna send the text yeah. with that information, right? Yeah. Sure. And that and, you know, that was then. <laughs> and rates are a little different now, but like those kind of
1: relationships, it really it 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 saves us a ton of money over the over the life of the loan, like paying that's eight, instead of twelve, like uh, so.
2: Yeah, a lot of that came from the project is what I was trying to say. Nice. So, awesome. uh, so, what's interesting is, um, you know, help me understand how you how you uh, like review your project. So, are you are you the numbers guy uh, when you when yeah. you're looking at a project? So you're doing the spreadsheet and, and things like that. Um, yeah. So, when you do a buy hold uh project what what are you looking for as a type what type of return are you looking for what and what parameters are you using to measure that so i think about it in a couple of different ways like
1: ideally I, you know the arv way where i'd like to be under 70 percent of the value like the duplex we're closing on tomorrow for example we got we're lucky for we found a uh three-story duplex in west philly in our little neck of the woods it's actually in good shape we're buying it for like 127 we're actually going to turn it into, we're, we're still undecided, but we can either spend like 50, 45 or 50 and keep it a duplex and just raise the rents or we can spend like 90 and then add a unit, and make it a triplex. But if as a duplex, it should be worth like 290 295 wow. as a triplex. It'll be what we have. Our other triplexes right there will probably be worth like 350. So wow. we get, you know, it's, that kind of return where I know we'll refi and the payment will be like even as you know as a triplex, the payment will probably be like fifteen hundred bucks a month. We'll put right. some money aside for reserves and it should be making like 2900. $2, so parameter
2: so, number one is seventy percent of the ARV. ARV. Yeah. Okay. What it, other what other things are you looking at?
1: I'd say at least like two hundred, two hundred and fifty dollars per unit in cash flow, like net okay. maybe two hundred. It, but 250 would obviously be great if you have a triplex then you're netting 750. That'd be great.
2: So yeah. that's around where we're at okay. right now. Okay. So those are the two because I, I mean, we talk to other investors and they all have their own thing. But I, I love that. Those are two really yeah. tangible uh, numbers that, that the listeners could take and say, OK, if I'm at 70 percent uh, of ARV and I'm getting a couple hundred bucks a month in cash yeah. flow from a multi unit. I love it. That's that's that that's all put day that in place. Okay. You can keep yeah. repeating
1: that and and there's other intangible things if it's if it's on a block where I I feel pretty strongly about it and it makes me feel better. But like West Philly's hot. I mean a lot of places in Philly right now are hot, but West Philly's like very hot right now and yeah. everything is still affordable. So have uh, yeah, one more question on like that. The last is two or three years it's really gotten crazy in West Philly. Is West Philly important to you? I mean, as a you mean, aside from like being in my primary investment? Yeah. I mean, I like I'm like a lot of my family's from West Philly, and like, we, you know, I'm I feel like I have a lot of ties in West Philly now. We just did the Osage project, so yeah, I'm like, I guess the bullish is the word. I've been using that word now, I'm buying stocks recently, but I'm <laughs> bullish. Yes. Yeah, yeah, cool.
0: What you're doing kind of sounds like almost like uh, what Dan Harvey was talking about. So he takes single family properties and he makes them into multifamily properties. So he Did does like, like Yeah. Yeah. Everyone yeah. knows Dan, right? Yeah. I just
2: sold so, him one of
1: my places.
0: Oh, nice.
2: Yeah. So mm-hmm. you're taking. That was is... the deal he was telling us about that he was not happy. You know, say that he got up. To... Yeah. <laughs> no, he said he's he talking <laughs> crap. Yeah. Yeah. No, he wasn't talking crap, but he, yeah, he said, uh, yeah, he does he does those conversions. But anyway, Matt, you were saying. But yeah, it's interesting. You can take something that
0: could just be a duplex, make it into a triplex, and now you have a whole new profit margin on your hands.
1: Mm-hmm. It it is. I mean, that's that's the name of the game. I feel like in Philly, you have a lot of whether they're two deep two story or like average size three story buildings where a lot of, so many of the houses in Philly are the same way. Like the first two stories, either the first story is really long, the second story is a little bit shorter, and the third story is only like a bedroom and a bathroom. Yeah. yeah some variation of that, but like, w- but that's what we just realized. Like it's hard to find something that's already set up as a duplex. We got really lucky with this one we're buying but now, tomorrow. But you can buy a house for $70,000 and then just extend the second, or I mean the third and or second stories, and then that's how you get two, two bedroom units and a studio or one bedroom. And then there you go. There's your $3,000 a month.
0: Okay. nice. Yeah. And I saw, um, you were doing some stuff with Airbnb. So mm-hmm. I've never done any Airbnb stuff, but I wanted to know what your experience was with it and how it sort of changed since we went into COVID.
1: Yeah. So long story short, I, I've been Airbnb being like my own house since <laughs> forever ago. I mean like 2011, I started Airbnb. Um, we decided to like late last year, open up a few. They were going great. Mm-hmm. And then we were just hoping it, we started maybe like September. It was going good. It was making a little bit more than, it, than your average rental, even like through the winter. Um, some, you know, it's more reactive headaches stuff. You know, I can't get in, it's 11 o'clock at night. The key's yeah. not working. Your heat's not working, that, that stuff. But, um, and yeah, it just, I mean, it just went like, like the, the quality of tenant has changed a lot, not just in the past couple of years, but especially now. Uh, so I shut everything down. Yeah. And sold the house. I sold the house that we were one house we were doing it. We rented the other you know, units long term. And I stopped really doing my house because all it is is people from Philly trying to throw parties right now. Yeah. So it wasn't really because of That's... COVID.
0: It was because of just like the quality of tenant you're getting. It was both. It was both. <clears throat> okay.
1: Yeah, more COVID than the quality of tenant. Because um, we, we quality of tenant, we can deal with and try and get three night minimum reservations. Like that's it's a different thing. But the COVID thing just, like I don't, it, I don't know when it's going to be up to, because people are starting to, I'm sure travel a little bit more right now. Yeah. But I don't know when it's going to be. You have to, you can't have it be at 70% capacity and like make profit. So like you really need like the full boat. And I feel like, it may not be that way for a while. I don't know. could be wrong. Sure. So yeah, it's good to know. I was wondering how much
0: cushion there was between like an average rental and Airbnb, but it sounds like you can't be at 70% and still make a profit.
1: So it's all better you, to do like the
0: all long your term. In
1: the last 20, 25%, like for an Airbnb, like the units they just give you like real numbers. Two bedroom and and at Forty Third in Lancaster where we were doing it, we're getting like eleven hundred bucks a month, eleven fifty, right? Okay. The Airbnb might was like grossing maybe like twenty six, twenty seven hundred. Wow. Uh, you have your cleaning expenses, so it gets back that money. That's you know one unit. So like you end up netting maybe three, four, five hundred bucks more. But like and that was in the winter. It, it should have been better in the spring. But if you're instead of getting twenty six, if you're only if you're only getting two thousand dollars a month, even you still you don't, you're not making any more. Sure. And after your expenses, it brings you back down. You have to pay all the utilities, you have to pay your cleaning fee, and you got to pay like other dumb stuff, give them wine or whatever. So yeah. for all the extra headache, we were just like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we love buying hold. Yeah. Long term tenants are easier in a lot of cases. Yeah. I think.
0: Yeah. Um, so now we ask, one guest or our guest one question every show so you sort of touched on earlier but what was your biggest limiting belief when you got started um and how did you overcome it
1: um it's funny because i still have part of this limiting belief even now i think my limiting belief when i started the biggest one was that i'm too young and let's keep it real i'm black how am I going to work with all these rich white people who have all this money? Mm. You're buying $500,000 houses. That's literally thoughts that I had. Yeah. Uh, like I was only comfortable selling hundred, hundred fifty thousand, 150,000, $200,000 houses. Like at the beginning, it took me a while to like get over the fact that like, it's not about how old you are. It's about how much you know. And like, and and your, and hum- your skills. So, and that even, I was just talking about this with my maps coach literally yesterday. Like, I still had some of that. It's, this sounds crazy to say out loud. I literally just made a Facebook video yesterday about this. I like has some weird limiting belief that I'm not worthy of working with developers like big developers to represent them. I'm telling you, this is like literally I was telling myself recently. I'm like, why would someone like, I don't know, like name any big developers too. Like why would they list their property with me? Uh, And then like, there's a lot of reasons why, like I, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm actually pretty qualified, but that's still it's tough to get over some of that stuff. It takes a while. Yeah. Well, it's funny
0: when you start out, you have a limiting belief, and then you crush that. You either, like crush your goal, and then you have a new goal, and then you tell yourself a new limiting belief. But based off your track record, like you're going to crush that too, and then you'll get to the new level, tell yourself another limiting belief.
1: So every so- stage,
0: new goal, new limiting belief.
2: I hope so. Certainly hope yeah. so. I mean, we, we're getting these listings today. I think so. That's, that's the inter- that's the interesting thing because every every level that you want to level up in your life, there'll be resistance. Um, uh, Stephen Pressfield wrote a book on that and basically talks about like you know anything you want to do that's bigger than where you think you are. <laughs> there's just gonna be pressure. It's just gonna say, "Hey, you can't you can't play at this level." So. Mm-hmm. Um so I really love that that whole that you know, the whole limiting beliefs thing. But um so the one thing that people don't know about you is that at least from my perception, you're in incredibly good shape. And uh this is definitely off script, but man, like uh, the first the first time I met you, you were still doing rowing crew, right? Yeah. And is just, uh, is yeah. that something you're still doing? I don't really
1: do crew, I just work out. Yeah. Like I've done a couple of alumni races just yeah. for fun, but like I just try every, every all everything else. Working out, fitness related wise, doesn't yeah. seem as hard after doing crew. Mm-hmm. didn't you do? You were a wrestler, right? I played For, football. Football, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I was a terrible wrestler, but
2: I, was, uh, I, I played football. Yes.
1: Like after something like rowing, or you know, other sports like swimming and all that, where you have like eleven practices a week, working out three, four times a week doesn't really seem that hard. Now right. the dieting part is. It's tough i feel like i've been a lot and it's been weird these past couple months but yeah workout,
0: yeah
2: well it's it's funny because i mean i i remember describing you as an adonis i was like mike and i were like that guy's like an adonis like seriously and to realize you were 19 i'm a little less impressed just saying <laughs> <laughs> so uh this is your shot man we've been firing at you for for quite a bit but this is your opportunity to ask matt and i the same question And I always let Matt go first because I want his perspective to be untainted by my knowledge. (laughs) Would hate for that to happen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Same question for both of you, right?
2: Yeah, same question. I would say
1: I'm curious to hear, and this is just a uh, a question I love to hear from from anyone I talk to, like, what, whether it's business or personal, like, what do you feel like your greatest challenge in life right now is like, I always love to hear like, sometimes it may have nothing to do with business or sometimes it might be uh, anything you feel like you want to share. Like if it's something personal, I totally understand. But, um, and I'm curious to hear your answer, Jesse too, because I've, I've known you for a long time and like you've grown into different positions and working like, you know, all under real estate related, but I'm, I'm curious to hear like how the challenges have changed. And just like how, you know, like what, what, um, I mean, that's literally that simple. Like what, how have the challenges changed? What's our biggest challenge? What are
2: you working on right now? Yeah. Yeah. i down with it. All right. Go ahead, man. All right. So
0: I guess for me, it was like during, once COVID started, we started working from home and I was always someone who worked, like woke up at five or 6 AM, even on like Saturdays and Sundays to go work. So once COVID hit, I like start sleeping until eight, like 8 AM. And it just threw my whole day off. Um, but we have like our accountability groups and everything. So I start waking up at 6 AM again. And now it's really just compressing my schedule, trying to not stay away from busy work and stuff that I don't need to be doing that are like 10 and $15 per hour tasks that I just take on so I can feel busy but loosening them up so I can go out and do the big picture stuff that I want to do. So trying to focus on getting away from busy work and focusing on the big picture stuff.
1: Cool. I love it. You took the words right out of my mouth because I am same. I have the same kind of schedule. Like before I wake up at 447 every day because I don't like waking up on even numbers and (laughs) not having go, not being able to go to the gym at five that like messed me up. I was, my diet was off. Like, I wasn't sleeping right, was starting to get anxious. Like, I went through periods of anxiety a couple of years ago. But even this past, the gym's been open, at least in Philly, for the past 10 days. And things have been like dramatically different. Like, I've been (laughs) in the gym four or five times and like, I feel like I'm back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. If my schedule's off, it like completely throws me
2: out of whack. So, yeah. Cool. I like that answer. I, I will tell you this. So, um, I'm going to give you two answers. So going into COVID, my biggest challenge was—I shouldn't say going into COVID. I hate—I hate saying like that. <laughs> but the fact that I had to shelter in place um, created—it created opportunities and challenges. So I, I did force myself because I wasn't on a regular schedule to get on a regular schedule. In bed by in bed by 10:30 and up at six by 6:00 a.m. Uh, that that was huge. But I also challenged myself in one of my accountability groups to run a 5k because running was the one thing that never came back after my football injury that ended my mm. football career. So we trained for four weeks and, uh, on father's day, I ran a 5k. Like it was just a awesome. virtual 5k. I set a goal of running in under, under 30 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. but I ended up having plantar fasciitis and ran in 33 minutes. I'll take it. You know what I mean? Like, so good. yeah, it was, uh, it was ugly, but it happened. And, mm-hmm. uh, so that was kind of like, you know, I basically went out to, to my entire team and asked this question, like, what do you suck the most at? And you got all the time in the world to work on that right now. Like, let's let's get good at what we're bad at. And so that was, that was the thing then. Uh, and I'll be very transparent here because this is an investor show.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I own zero investment op- uh, properties except for the syndications that I'm invested in. Mm-hmm. So my biggest challenge is I want to buy... Two, three to four unit buildings that I will use to pay for my kids to go to school, and my biggest challenge is getting out of my own way to make the first investment. So that is my big, that's my biggest one. I can Gary Jonas brings me a syndication deal. I'm like, yeah, sign me up because the risk is taken by somebody else. I am uh, like our guy Scott, uh, the note guy. Like I'm not cleaning toilets. Like Mm -hmm. like I don't have to fix anything. Like I'm a passive investor. So. But I do want to own those, uh, those opportunities. And I'm at a place in my life where I could be almost where you guys are in 10 years. So that's the good, <laughs> that's yeah. the good news. I am very humbled by the, group, by, by the company today. I will, I will tell you that. Uh, I told Matt that I was so excited to have, have you on, Rodney, because the, the reality of like, where we met and all of that is it's its own cool, interesting place. But the fact that you and Matt are like models, in my mind, for what can happen and what is the right thing to do. And I love using myself as as something you can bounce off. I can tell you about the 3,500 square foot house that I bought as my first home. I can mm-hmm. tell you how bad of an investment that was. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I could tell you like, I, and I love the idea that you guys have really done it right. And honestly, I don't have any fear that I can't do it too, right? At 43, mm-hmm. I have zero doubt that, you know, I, have a, I mean, I have a, a fairly good income at this point. So there's lots of opportunities for me. Uh, right. but you asked, you asked another question. You, you asked about like the challenges as they've changed. Yeah. And I'll go, I'll actually answer that question too, because first challenge, you know, back in 2010, 2011, I remember closing a, like 11 or 12 real estate deals in one month. And right. um, I quit the, basically quit the business for the next two months. Cause I was so burned out from closing yeah. a lot of deals in a month. Right. But you know, when you work with great coaches like, Michael Ann Barley, maps coaches uh, they push you to get there and she did a great like hammer and expires right yeah we did great i just yeah so that's what we did and that's hard that's a hard business you know that you and i both know that's that's a hard business but if you're good at it you're good so so i learned immediately after having my second child that i needed to be the best in the world at delegating and building people hmm. so that challenge so then i spent the next few years like hiring firing building teams, changing teams, building teams. No, like I, I honestly want to say, and this is definitely me bragging. Cause I love talking about myself is I believe I'm one of the best in the world at team building. I believe that like leveraging, there's no one that I know in this industry that like that is leveraged the way that I am. Cool. And I'm not, I'm not bragging in a way that like I want to teach this to people, which is part of the show. Yeah. Me, I mean, we we'll do over three hundred transactions with three admins, and one of them's virtual. Like that's just yeah, that the the efficiency that's in that crazy. is 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 crazy. So so that's so the lessons have changed over time, and I'm at a point in my career now right now where I so my challenge is not should I be in the room with them, Rodney, right? Mm-hmm. My challenge is, man, how do I do this myself? right? Like, how do I, how do I go out and build a, buy an investment portfolio and build an investment portfolio myself? That's, that's the next step. And that's, yeah. that I will conquer that this year. I will buy something. So how old are you girls? Um, so my, uh, my, eld my oldest daughter, my ballerina, she's 12. And, wow. uh, and my youngest, my gym, my gymnast, uh, which is why I need the money. Both of those things, <laughs> is nine. So, uh, yeah, I mean that, that is, uh, that's, that's the, that's the interesting part is, and so now, so basically I have six years to one goes to college and I have, you know, so that's yeah. the thought is, is in the next 10 years, I basically have to have several thousand dollars a month in passive cash flow to pay for college.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's I remember, I remember some of your Facebook pictures from like, I, I all, the only last big Facebook picture I remember was like, like, they
2: were just like, you're standing with them and they're like this tall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's so when awesome. I knew you, I only had one kid. When I first met you, I only had one kid. So that's that yeah, life is life has changed a lot, man. I mean, mm-hmm. your hair is way better now than it was back then. <laughs> I can't even believe I have it. I literally don't even recognize myself still. I don't it, recognize you at all either. And by the way, I had hair when we met. I'm this is a true statement. I, I actually had got haircuts. Yeah. You got swapped. I remember. <laughs> yeah so i I, I couldn't even anyway that's all another thing but i just yeah uh, no we we can have a love fest another time i'll take you out to lunch. (laughs) right like no honestly i'm humbled by the by both of you and i I know this is i'm going on about it but i i'm super impressed with what you guys are doing and that's why people should listen to the show i'm going to throw in some some zany things on the side but i think these two guys are you guys are super smart and and uh doing it the right way do it the right way start early buy real estate early and, and hold on to it and don't, don't worry about being rich. Yeah. You know, flippers don't get, always get rich. The guys mm-hmm. that they get in, they, they buy the right real estate. They analyze their, their real estate and they, mm-hmm. they make changes where necessary. Those are the ones that are making it. Those are the ones, those are the Gary Jonas's of the world. I mean, those, yeah. Yeah. so and it's hard because like, I'm, I don't, I don't know if a lot of people know this about
1: me. I'm the most impatient person you will ever meet. I'm like, no, I'm the same way. ID, I'm extremely, like, the fact that I'm an extrovert, I can hide it very well because I like talking to people, but, like, I'm so impatient and want it all now and want to flip and make money, but, like, I just know like, I don't want to deal with these headaches and then, like, especially with some of these single families, like, we're still learning, like, I think we're, we're getting towards hopefully doing, like, some slightly larger multifamily because some of these single families, not only are they, like, a headache and then, you have a tenant and then you'll have them for two years and You make a little bit of money. And then like, you'll have some major expense. We just had to spend like 4,500 bucks on our houses and there goes all of our cash flow for the past two years. So like, <laughs> it's not fun sometimes, Yeah, you know, right. having big, have it's, there's like challenges, but I just hope it's worth it. It'll be worth it in 10, 15 years from now.
2: So, uh, so Rodney, uh, why don't you tell us where people can find you, find out more information about you? For sure. For the past month
1: I've been all over the internet. It's Instagram, Philly Real Estate Boss. I have a TikTok now, by the way. Uh, oh. also <laughs> and then, I don't know, Rodney Rawls Facebook, Google Limitless Real Estate Team. Uh, nice. We're putting out videos every day. We have a challenge going on right now. So, cool. And we'll he has you. a great video about the uh, Osage App Project.
0: So, go watch that. I watched it. Cool. Thanks for watching yeah. it. Yeah, thanks, yeah, for, thanks video, for being man.
2: on. Thanks for being on, man. This was fantastic, and and like I said, we definitely i we definitely have to connect. Um, yeah. So I'll we'll connect offline. Off so. Thank oh, you thanks for being for on com- the show. Thanks
0: for coming on, man. I'm gonna go yeah. uh, buy a block for thirty six bucks.
2: <laughs> everybody can do it. Yeah. <laughs> everybody yeah. can do it. Ten easy like steps. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. You can join us weekly on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Please subscribe and leave a rating or review. It really helps us out. You can find out more about me at callphillyhome.com, callphillyhome at Instagram, or email me at matt.talent at compass.com. And you can find out more about my co-host, Jesse Johnson at howrealestate.com, Jesse Johnson on Instagram, and email him at jesse.johnson at compass.com.